Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Uh, Coming up on this week's show, a review of Disney Magic from Ray up in Johnson City, Tennessee. Uh, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, standing by with cruise news. But first, a couple of housekeeping things. Don't forget, you can follow us on Snapchat. Just search Cruise Radio on Snapchat. We'd love to have you along there. Also, we'll link to that in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Also, I'd like to welcome a new client aboard, goportcanaveral.com, your one-stop shop for your transportation, uh, your hotels and activities in Port Canaveral. That's goportcanaveral.com, or check out cruiseradio.net. I have a link right there on top of the website. Just click Cruise Hotels. All right, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, is here. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug, how's it going? Good, man. Uh, big news out of the Carnival camp. Big news for me because I'm a huge barbecue fan. Uh, looks like Carnival Magic and a couple of other Dream Class ships are going to be getting a Guy Fieri's, not a hamburger joint, but barbecue smokehouse. Talk to us about this. Well, uh, they're, they're expanding on their very popular Guy's Burger joint, mm-hmm. and they're going to call it uh, Guy's Pig and Anchor Barbecue Smokehouse. Mm. Um, so, you know, outside on Carnival Magic, uh, you know, on the Lanai, which is uh, on the promenade deck, um, they're going to have hickory and cherry woods, um, you know, with, uh, guys, uh, signature recipes and, uh, rubs and spices. And they're going to have all kinds of, of different, you know, barbecue, uh, type food. They're going to have, uh, his, uh, Mac daddy, Mac and cheese, his old school potato salad, scratch made slaw collard greens, smoked turkey, and molasses, baked beans. Um, they, they're, they're pretty excited. They, they're really kind of wanting to take this to the next level. So they want to have blue ribbon chicken, smoked sausages, and sliced uh, smoked round of beef, cooked low and slow and thinly sliced. Yeah, this so. This menu looks so awesome. I was actually talking to Carnival about it. They're going to uh, bring it on Carnival Vista later on this year and also expand it to Carnival Dream and Carnival Breeze in 2017. Yeah, they're, they're pretty excited. They think this is going to be a really nice addition. And Because uh, you know, if you remember, uh, Jimmy's uh, Barbecue on Carnival Breeze, uh, which they had a couple times during the cruise, and the line was like out the door, and he yeah. had people with Same. about... Uh, plates with uh, two feet high of food that uh, i mean i remember seeing some people with you know needing wheelbarrows yeah it was insane <laughs> i mean it was it was crazy and people waiting what two hours in line mm-hmm. yep. so i mean this this looks like a no-brainer uh for them and it uh, should be pretty I- i'm excited to see and taste uh, this this really amazing food. Norwegian Cruise Line revealed more of their new private destination, Harvest K, which is located in Belize. Uh, give us some details of what they revealed recently. Well, this this is the island that's that's just off the coast of Belize, and um, you know this is it's way behind schedule, <laughs> to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was supposed to open. In February, and now we're looking at, I think it was uh, September, October, so it's about, about six months behind schedule. Uh, but it's just off the coast of Belize. It's a, it's a, essentially a couple of islands that are being connected, and um, they want to have some really nice, they're, they're calling them luxurious amenities, uh, eco-friendly activities, and, um, you know, w- with 
the ability to be able to access uh, the country of Belize, uh, which you know is just on you know just the mainland is just uh, there uh, off the coast. But uh, they want a very uh, eco-friendly type of experience, so they're going to have these these like kind of like boat rentals, but they're going to be electric. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have there's gonna, there's manatees that uh, that are there, so they're going to have activities that uh, you know passengers will be able to see the manatees. Um, similar to Amber Cove, but instead of being you know attached on 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 the main to the mainland, this is kind of you know, it's on an island. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have a, a big pool area. They're going to have cabanas that people can rent. Um, they're going to have, you know, it's almost like butler service for the people in the cabanas. So anything that you want, um, you'll be able to get. And it's just going to be a really nice, it's supposed to be a, a really radical, um, you know, private island experience. It was interesting because we were talking about the... Um Stuart, how's it going to work with the like the ultimate beverage package, the all-you-can-drink packages? Uh, will this normally work on islands like the all-inclusive islands, like the Harvest K that Norwegian has? I, I think some of the stuff I mean, will would be included, but there's probably other items that are not included. But uh, I mean, there's just going to be a really nice. Uh, I mean, they really want to make this uh, or make this island experience more upscale than what they've done at their other private island um, on Great Stroke Key. Hmm. So um, you know they were they were representatives of the Belizean government that were there, and they were very excited about the opportunity to be able to get passengers and and hopefully be able to offer such an amazing time that people will come back. Um, I think most people will probably stay on the island and not venture uh, over you know the way to Belize itself. Can't blame them <laughs> because I mean everything that you're going to want is is, is going to be right there. They're yeah. going to have all kinds of snorkeling and. So you know, it should be a really nice experience, not to mention and leave out something that I know that you love, Doug, mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to have a lighthouse, or uh-huh. there is a lighthouse, and it's going to have a 130-foot tall uh, drop, and it's also going to have uh, a zip line, suspension bridges, free fall jumps, uh, tandem, kind of like a Superman-style zip line, and really some um, really nice views, and the zip line is supposed to be about... 3,000 feet uh, going through the air and uh, over the water. And we'll also have a pier, too, so that's cool. Yeah, so it yeah. should be, uh, you know, should have a lot of activities. Well, looking forward to it if it ever opens. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, good yes, stuff. Whenever it opens. Yeah. This, uh, <laughs> this next story is uh, could be news of the weird. A crew member tried to jump off uh, Oasis of the Seas a couple of weeks ago in Port Everglades. Uh, I mean, we really don't have much to talk about this, but what the heck? Well, look, Doug, you know, who knows, um, the, uh, it was a, a crew member who was in his 30s at 10 o'clock in the morning, so, you know, the ship is in, most of the passengers are off, they're starting, they're cleaning the ship, and he just decided to uh, threaten to jump off the railing. So, uh, Broward, you know, the Broward Sheriff's Office uh, boarded the ship, uh, they were able to talk him down about, uh, looks like about uh, two and a half hours later. Mm. And then he was transported to the uh, medical center for evaluation. And uh, that, that's really kind of the last we heard of it. Royal Caribbean's upcoming ship, Harmony of the Seas, just started sea trials. When can we expect to see her out? Well, um, she is going to be out, Doug, in May. Hmm. So uh, her first round of sea trials at Biscay uh, was just completed. And so they're going to be making adjustments at this point. Um, construction will continue on board with uh, installation of uh, various 
things, and um, they'll go back out to sea. Uh, Bay of Biscay is on the uh, the western side of France uh, in the Atlantic Ocean, and uh, we will see her in, believe it or not, in Southampton um, toward the middle uh, the middle of May. Hmm. Um, right. So, I mean, her her first sailings are, are right around the corner. Cool. Looking forward to that. Uh, last but not least, MSC Cruises announced some new partnerships a couple of days ago and some new venues. This is this is just for MSC Seaside, which is their ship coming out in 2017. Correct. Correct. Okay. They're they're trying to get some, you know, some traction and and you know, gain some additional interest with uh, American uh, passengers. So you know they have uh, existing um, relationships with. Uh, Carlo Craco, Gene Philip Mori, uh, Jeremy Luong, but uh, here's one that a lot of people may know, and that's uh, Roy Yamaguchi, mm-hmm. um, better known as Roy. You know, he's got uh, you know restaurants called Roy's, and you know they they serve Swiss uh, obviously seafood um, you know all over the place. Uh, he's very big in Hawaii, uh, and then you know he's got uh, restaurants in uh, various cities around the U.S. And uh, it should, uh, you know, it, it look, you know, it'll be very interesting for people that like that kind of food, uh, you know, um, and, uh, um, you know, will it, you know, will people go on the ship because of it? No. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, nobody goes on a cruise because they've got, uh, you know, uh, a restaurant themed or, or being, you know, the menu is designed by a certain chef. It's never happened before. I don't but, know. Those people who, who uh, was, were booked on uh, Norwegian Escape, whenever they charged it, they went from Margaritaville to free to a la carte, sure got pissed off. <laughs> yeah, well, people do get upset about that, especially when, <laughs> you know, the, the, the food isn't very good, especially after waiting for three hours. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, as as you know, they they've learned. Um, you know, it, it it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't move the needle in one direction or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, you're not going to get a higher cruise fare because uh, you know you have some chef. Uh, everyone has got uh, their hook, line, and sinkers. But uh, you know, uh, you know, Chef Roy uh, is, is is a well-known um, restaurateur, and um, you know, I'm sure the pastors on board will enjoy his food. In closing here, a listener question from Chrissy Johnson in Bristol, Connecticut. Christy says, we are getting married in December, but I already booked my cruise under my maiden name. How does it work when I get to the ship and my passport and booking are under my maiden name? Well, th- this is interesting, Doug, and it's very important to get it right. The reservation must be in the name that is on the passport. So if she is changing her name, if Chrissy is changing her name, at the time of sailing, then that is the name that she needs to give them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because essentially, if uh, let's say you know she's Chrissy Johnson now, but uh, she's Chrissy Smith when she gets to the ship, if the names don't match, they will deny her boarding. Uh, okay. Because those are the names of two distinctly different people. Mm-hmm. So the name on the reservation has got to be the name that she will be sailing with. Now, uh, if she did had if she doesn't change her passport and she doesn't legally change her name at the time of sailing, then she should sail with her maiden name. Gotcha. Okay. Because that is the name that is on her proof of citizenship. But if she is going to be making the, the name change, and it is you know in her new name is on her proof of citizenship, meaning her passport, then that is the name that she has to put her reservation in now. 
All right. Well, there we go. We've been talking with Stuart Sheeran, the Cruise Guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thank you, buddy. Have a good one. Hey, my pleasure, Doug. You walked on me. Let me do it again. Thank you, buddy. Have a good one. You too. Take care. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Ray from Johnson City, Tennessee, just returned from a three-night Bahamas cruise aboard Disney Magic Race on the line right now. Welcome to the show, Ray. Thank you very much. So uh, I want to talk all about Disney Magic. It's a ship we haven't had on the show in a very, very long time. But before we get to the ship itself, uh, let's take a step back. What made you want to sail Disney Magic? Well, this is really nerdy, but I love the movie Tangled, Uh and Disney Magic added a Tangled show back in November, and so as soon as they did that, I knew that I had to book a cruise on Disney Magic just so I could go and see the new Tangled show that they had um, added to their lineup of entertainment. That's the reason. Nice. Okay, so you live up in Johnson City, Tennessee. You had to get down to Central Florida. Did you fly or drive? We drove down, and in fact, we um, went to the parks for a few days, the Disney parks, before Mm -hmm. the cruise, and so we um, stayed at the parks and then drove over that morning from our hotel at Disney. How big of a Disney fan are you? I'm asking you because I'm an annual pass holder, and I go to the parks probably monthly. I live in Tennessee, and I have an annual pass. Oh, okay. Well, then you probably you beat you beat me. Then uh, you beat me way out of the water there. So uh, let's get to Port Canaveral and talk all about Disney Magic. So you arrive at the port. How was embarkation at uh, Port Canaveral for Disney Magic? It was super smooth. We arrived a little bit later than we wanted to or had originally planned to, but like I said, we drove over from Disney, and that went really smooth. We checked out probably around eleven o'clock, so we got there around like twelve fifteen or so and by that time the magic is a small ship and so we just walked into the terminal they took our papers and then we just walked right on have you sailed disney magic before that was my fourth sailing on the magic okay. and that was my eighth disney cruise nice well let me ask you this and what were you uh what were your impressions this go around when you boarded disney magic we have done it before they refurbished the ship and after the ship and It's just a beautiful ship. I always love going into the atrium there. When you walk on 
to the ship, they always welcome you, um, and they announce your family name, and um, it's just really nice. I've sailed on other cruise lines before in where you walk on, and it's like nobody noticed that you mm-hmm. even walked into the ship, and they greet you by name, and there's somebody there to ask you if you need anything, if you need help finding your cabin, or if you need help finding your way to where the food is, and so... They really welcome you the minute that you step onto the ship. You, you say they, they call out the family name as you board the ship. Now, does that slow embarkation down at all? No, not no? at all. There's, there are two people. Um, there's like the gangway kind of splits when mm-hmm. you get onto the ship, and there's an there's a officer on either side, and they ask like the family name. And so I've never seen it back up Okay, before. I was just curious. I could say, welcome mm-hmm. the Johnson family. Welcome the right. Smith family. I could see it going on and on and on and slowly backing up, but I guess Disney has it uh, streamlined at this point. Uh, let's move on to the stateroom then. So you make your way to the stateroom. What were your impressions of the stateroom, and what kind of stateroom did you have? We have what they call a navigator veranda stateroom mm-hmm. on Deck 7, and on some other cruise ships that might be called a cove balcony, which is like an enclosed balcony with a, a round window opening instead of a fully open front um, balcony. It kind of makes it like a extension of your room, um, more or less. Um, it's the same size as a regular stateroom. It just has that extra, that like the balcony is fully enclosed. And it's really pretty. It's teak wood. It has a, a teak wood bench in there and then teak wood um, up the walls. It has a giant map that kind of shows the Florida coastline and then like the Bahamas on the wall. So it's really beautiful. We, we like that. It's less expensive. It's like the least expensive balcony on that ship. So it's kind of our way of having a balcony and saving money at the same time. Yeah. Plus, we like the location on the ship. Yeah, awesome. Uh, how big? Like, how big is that cove balcony? Because uh, I'm picturing it like carna- uh, like the Carnival Dream class ships, maybe like their coves. Would that be correct? I haven't been in that one, so I don't know. But it's the same size as a regular balcony. It's just that the it's the covered. Front of it is yeah. covered. Okay, gotcha. Very nice. And as far as space in the cabin, all good for you? Oh, it's a ton of space. Those cabins will sleep three people, so they have a queen-size bed and a sofa bed, mm-hmm. and then they have the regular split bathroom that Disney is famous for. A ton of space, um, has the like a side-by-side closet, drawers, 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 everywhere. I've done, I haven't done a seven-night in that kind of stateroom. I've done, no, I have done a seven-night in that stateroom, and mm-hmm. it's, it was perfect for a seven-night as well. Very cool. Let's talk about dining aboard Disney Magic. Now, Disney has a kind of a different way of doing the traditional dining in the main dining room. So kind of give us the overview of how Disney does dining. They do what's called rotational dining. So instead of doing one main dining room, and they still do, it's very traditional. So you have an assigned dining time. So you either have early dining or late dining. And then you're assigned on your first night to one of three dining rooms and then every night of your cruise you go to the next dining room in your rotation so they have three dining rooms they have lumieres they have animators palette and karaoke's on this ship so your first night you might go to lumieres and then your second night it might be animators palette and then the third night it might be karaoke's for your rotation and everybody on the ship rotates through those three restaurants so you hit all three restaurants throughout your cruise. So, and if it's a four-night cruise, you repeat one, like your middle night, mm-hmm. you repeat it. If it's a seven-night cruise, you do one, two, three, one, two, three, kind of that way. It, so if you wanted to dine in 
animator's palette or whatever it was called, like all three nights, you really couldn't do that if you wanted to. Right. Okay. You, yeah, exactly. Got, got to keep Unless on moving, you had right? Some friends <laughs> dining somewhere, and you, you know, yeah, but the, they served the same menu. Mm-hmm. Every night, and so that would be kind of boring. It, um, like an animator's palette, all three nights they would serve the same menu. Ah, okay, gotcha. And the servers mm-hmm. rotate with you as well. Correct. Oh, that's really cool then. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's neat. Like like I mentioned, they have like each dining room has a, a menu that's unique to itself for their signature nights, and then Disney famously has a pirate night. So on pirate night, on like a four night or longer cruise they will um, serve the pirate night menu in all of the restaurants. Ah, that's very, very cool. Now, as far as the dining during the day, uh, lunch and breakfast, how was that for you? I love the breakfast in the sit-down restaurants on the Disney ships. They usually have a formal breakfast in one of the restaurants, and they have a really nice menu. I've sailed on other cruise ships where I went down to the sit-down restaurant, and I was like really expecting something great, and they just had like bacon and eggs. Ugh. But Disney has a really good menu for their sit-down restaurant. They also have a nice sit-down lunch, and then they have a variety of quick-serve locations up on the pool deck, so you can get hamburgers, brats. They have a shawarma mm-hmm. um, place on this ship. Nice. And then they have paninis, fruit, salads, and a variety of things like that. Yeah, cool. Chicken fingers, fries. Awesome. And uh, the buffet, of course. Yeah. Did you eat at the buffet at all? We did breakfast. Well, on embarkation day, we did the buffet, and then we did, we probably did breakfast and lunch. How was their food up there? I like it. Mm. It's, you know, nothing stands out. I always, my, but my, um, my tradition is to go to the buffet on embarkation day and have lamb. Ah. Every time I cruise, I always have lamb. It's okay. like I go straight for the lamb. <laughs> nice. Very nice. So on the menu, I have the lamb. Well, let's switch gears here and talk about entertainment aboard Disney Magic. Of course, Disney, known for their entertainment, they blow everybody else away. What did you think about entertainment aboard Disney Magic? Well, they say that Disney is an entertainment company with a cruise ship. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so from the minute you get on the ship, they do their sail away party up on the upper deck. And Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, Donald, um, Pluto, Chippendale, they all come out and help you do the sail away party. So it starts like from the minute that you leave um, port. And then, um, like, on a three-night cruise, anyway, you have a big, elaborate stage production in the theater every night of your cruise, at least on a three-night. And we had the Tangled show on the first night, which was fantastic. They really did a great job with that. And they condensed it from the movie, of course, to make it fit into the 45 minutes or whatever that they need to to put it in the theater. But really well done. Nice. And uh, does Disney still do fireworks at sea? They do. They do it on pirate night Mm -hmm. for most of the ships. Did you have a pirate night, or was that only on four-night sailings? Nope, they do them on the three nights as well. Did you dress up like a pirate? We do pirate light, Mm -hmm. but some people go really, really all out. (laughs) My my friend was on uh, Disney Dream a couple of months ago, and he's like, I don't dress up. I'm not a dressing up person. I'm like, dude, you signed up for a Disney cruise. You've got to do pirate night or they won't let you in the main dining room. So I was, I was messing with him and he went full on pirate. It's kind of funny seeing him dress up because he never dresses up. He's like, dude, I didn't have to dress up. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> we have seen some amazing families, like where the whole family gets together, like from the infants all the way up to like grandma and grandpa. Uh-huh, that's very with- cool amazing stuff and then you know every cruise line does photographs on the ship and pirate night is like the most popular night for photographs and they do they have several backdrops 
throughout the ship where you can um, have your pictures made. Cool. Um, so Pirate Night's pretty popular for that. Let's talk about, uh, did you have any sea days on this sailing? We did not. So no. They had Nassau and Castaway Key. So we tra- treated Nassau as our sea day. Mm-hmm. And because this was a three-day cruise, like normally like on a four-day or more, like when you um, have your Nassau day, they don't do anything on the ship or they have very few activities on the ship when they're in Nassau because they just expect everybody to go to port. But because this was a three-day sailing, they did do some things on the ship just because they had to. They do a princess gathering in the atrium where, you know, you can have your pictures taken with Cinderella and Rapunzel and nice. Snow White. Uh-huh. So they did that on the Nassau day this time. Cool. And Disney, of course, you think of Disney, you think of kids because it kind of caters to kids, but we're all kids at heart. Can you be an adult on that ship and go like as a couple or with some friends and get away from the kids, or is it kind of hard to do that? Well, we don't have kids, and we've had seven people total in our group, and we didn't have any kids in our group. Okay. Um, So we did that very easily. They have um, adult-only. On all their ships, they have adult-only areas. They have an adult-only pool area. And on this ship, the Magic, and on the Wonder, their adult pool areas are really large. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're they're the best spot on the ship, in my opinion. And then they have, um, on the Dream and the Fantasy, they have large adult-only pool and kind of upper deck um, cool. areas. Nice. And then there are entertainment areas at night. They have adult-only like um, nightclubs, bars, and that kind of thing, too, so you can go and get away. Can you uh, – I'm just curious uh, personally, but if you were to take a picture with Mickey Mouse or whatever, do you have to use the ship's photographer, or can you do it with your phone if you wanted to? The ship's photographer will not – take your picture with your camera but you can have somebody do that or one of the crew members that's standing there will do it for you it would not be a disney cruise if you didn't stop at castaway key so uh, talk to me about that experience because what i love about castaway is there's no tendering the ship docks at castaway you get off the ship and you're there yes castaway is a jewel in disney cruise lines crown i think um it's a great island, and this was, um, of all the times I've sailed on Disney Cruise Line, we did something for the first time this time. We were sailing with a bunch of friends, and so we went in together and got a cabana, a private cabana, mm-hmm. on uh, the beach there, and so that was something that we did for the first time. They're rather expensive, and they can be hard to get because there's not that many of them, but the benefits of getting a cabana there are, you know, obviously they give you a little um, place to go, up, like a private space on the beach. But they give you shade. They give you a place to get out of the rain if it happens to rain um, while you're on the island. And they also include snorkeling equipment, bicycle rentals, float rentals. You take a tram out to a certain point of the island where you check into the cabana. Mm-hmm. But then they will pick you up on a golf cart and just take you right to your cabana. Cool. So that's kind of nice. You feel like a rock star. Yeah. Do they, they feed you in it? Um, they do have some snacks in the cabana. There's a fruit tray and some granola bars, kashi bars kind of things, and some, some potato chips and that kind of thing, snacks. You do get two bottles of sunscreen, which at Castaway Key prices, that's mm-hmm. about $15 a piece. Uh-huh if not more, <laughs> and you get a private beach, which that can be a premium for a lot of people if you have, you know, if you have space issues, like personal space issues, the mm-hmm. private beach can be awesome. That was really nice. I'm a, huge, Di- yeah, I'm a huge Disney fan anyways with the annual pass. I know you are too, but I think I would book 
Disney Cruise Line for a three night out of Canaveral just for not having having to step foot on a tender boat. Yeah, <laughs> I that just, was. I hate those things. It's so nice, and you know, a lot of the times when we've gone to Castaway Key, if like you go back to the ship early, you can watch. We like um, staying in our cabin and watching the people come and go from the ship. You know. Um, that kind of thing. And one of the things that Disney does on their island is that if you're a runner, they have a 5K on the island that you can do first thing in the morning. So that's kind of unique. Cool. As well, and they even give medals for that. I'm not a runner. I hear tell. <laughs> People tell me. So that's neat. And you um, rent bikes, and they have a little observation tower. You can bike out to the observation tower and climb up it and see the whole island. Very cool. So you make your way back to Port Canaveral. How was disembarkation for you? I really like the way Disney does their disembarkation. And I hear stories of people talking about other cruise lines, how they had to wait in line and just it took forever. You go to breakfast, like Disney gives you a letter the night before you get off the ship. Like if you have early um, dinner, you eat breakfast at the ungodly hour of like six in the morning. If you have the late dinner, you have a much more reasonable breakfast hour of like generally like 8 or 8.30, and then you go to breakfast at those hours, and then after your breakfast, they kindly invite you to disembark. Mm -hmm. Kindly invite you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And then it gets less kind the later you are on the Uh trip. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, okay, everybody off. We got people to come on. Yeah, that's that's, that's too funny. Okay, so we talked about... There's really like no lining up or anything like that. You just have breakfast, and then you just make your way off the ship. Nice. Well, uh, in closing here, do you have any uh, first-time tips for anybody? I mean, you're, you're like a, a Disney pro here now, all the sh- sailings you've been on. Do you have any first-time tips for someone who may be sailing Disney for the first time? My first-time tip would be to don't, don't book a three-night cruise for mm-hmm. your first time because there's just so much stuff to do on the ships. Um, and to do um, any of their four Disney ships are, are good ships. The Disney Fantasy only does seven-night cruises, but the Magic, the Wonder, and the Dream all do the shorter cruises, depending on what time of year it is and where they're based out of. And a lot of people will shy away from Disney based upon the price point, but you can um, shop around, look at what time of year, if you're flexible at all, based upon what time of year that you can sail. You can find less expensive times of year to sail, so if you can be flexible on that, um do and book as soon as you know that you can cruise and don't be afraid to wait and cruise like a year later for better prices because you know if you know that the only time of year you can sail is during spring break then those prices are going to be super sky high yeah also i did notice this like back in november i was looking at disney cruises for january and there was three nights on disney dream for like 199 (laughs) so that's real cheap for disney (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. You, you can't you can't beat that price. So we've been talking with Ray up in Johnson City, Tennessee. She just returned from a three night sailing to the Bahamas and Castaway uh, Key aboard Disney Magic. Ray, thanks so much for being on the show, my dear, and have a good evening. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. 
How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.